This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at fanduel.com slash Boston and new, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Greg, we're going to play a little overrated, underrated today. And you, yes, Greg Bedard, the wet blanket, wanted to start with some positives. He wanted to take a look at the three most underrated things about this Patriots team as we get ready for the 2023 season. Greg, begin with your list. Yeah, you know, Nick, it's 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 easy um, with this team where they've been the past few years to to be a little pessimistic, and that's probably where I am, and we've talked about that stuff uh, before. But I, I do think, um, you know, now's the time sort of in the off offseason. Uh, I think a lot of people are starting to get amped up for football season and training camp and stuff like that. So, you know, of course, we have to get both sides of the coin, but let's start positive. So, you know, when I look at the 2023 Patriots, um, one of the bigger aspects that I think are sort of underrated that that – you know, we haven't talked about, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about as I, I'm, I do think the two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki, uh can, can be real weapons for this team. Now, you know, are they, are they going to dominate and be the difference maker for this team? No, but I think it's going to, I think their presence is going to really help them um, move the ball, stay, stay on the field more, um, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, I think and you're talking about two different guys like, you know, Hunter Henry is not a prototypical inline Y tight end, but he can do a little bit of both. Um, we saw, you know, two years ago, him, you know, really have a rapport with Mac Jones. I think that he tied for the league league among tight ends with touchdowns. And so, you know, you're hoping getting back to Bill O'Brien that they can get back to that offensively. And then you add Mike Gesicki, to the mix and he's really not a tight end he's not he's um you know if you thought Travis Kelsey doesn't block or he's not physical then you know Mike Kosicki is uh you know is is altogether different um than Travis Kelsey and I think that Mike Kosicki is a guy who you know he's he's athletic enough he has good hands he can uh, be a savvy route runner and he can be he's going to be in the slot mix there i think they're going to play juju if healthy and gesicki sort of off each other maybe pair them up on the same side and sort of have different packages for them and i just think that hunter henry and gesicki you you combine what they do and you put them on the field together especially in the red zone i mean we're talking about one of the worst offensive red zone teams in the, I think it was the worst NFL red zone team in the NFL last year in the Patriots. And, and I think, you know, running the ball a little bit better um, and, and getting the, t- these two tight ends involved, I think it's going to really help them in the red zone. And so to me, I'm optimistic. Should these guys stay on the field that I think they're, they're going to be a real sort of mechanism for this offense to, be more consistent, stay on the field, put up more points, say, take some pressure off the defense. I, I think I think the tight ends have a chance to do that for the Patriots. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating thing, the tight ends on this team, because you go back to last year and it was pretty much each guy's you know worst season in quite a while, if ever, in the NFL. Hunter Henry was vastly underutilized because of Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, and the overall offensive plan. I think people forget how good Hunter Henry was in year one with Mac Jones. And I think Hunter's going to be good this season. And Gasicki, look, he got phased out in Miami. 
you know, new offense, new system. Mike McDaniel does things differently. And Gasicki got phased out. He was not a part of that offense for all intents and purposes. And I think people might overlook how good that guy can be. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to each have 65, 70 catches. This is going to be Gronk and Hernandez all over again. But I do think their impact is going to be underrated by some people. What's your second uh, underrated part of this football team? Mac Jones. Um, I think that that people are focused way too much on last season and what yeah. went down. And I think, Nick, um, I think they're actually – they're factually incorrect about – last season like you know for example i listened to my guys felger and maz and and big jim murray has been you know anti-mac you know since the basically the start of last season and you know and and even tony gets into this where they they criticize and they talk about his attitude and how he was a baby and his lack of leadership and stuff like that and they they say it in in that that it got worse as the season went on that's just factually incorrect now did he have um, a stretch with the Raiders game and the Bills game where that was an issue? Yes. And we talked about it at the time. I thought if they wanted to bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi, they had enough evidence to do it at that time because of the way Mac Jones was acting out. But to me, you know, being objective and watching it down the stretch, the last four or five games, uh, Obviously, Mac, either somebody talked to Mac or Mac realized what he was doing and he heard the criticism and he changed his way. I thought he was he was much more even keel to end the season. I thought he was better as a result to end the season. And and here's the other thing with Mac Jones, Nick, is that, you know, I think people, you know, people forget how good his rookie season was. Now, look, was it, you know, and a lot of other guys, look, Patrick Mahomes sat his first year in the league you know a lot of guys Aaron Rodgers sat his first three years in the league um you know Joe Burrow didn't have a great rookie season got hurt at the end of it he threw a lot of interceptions his rookie year um uh, what was going on in Cincinnati but Mac Jones while it wasn't gangbusters it was good it was a good solid starting place and I, you know I think that look I'm not going to go all Kirk Herbstreet and talk about how you know great Mac Jones is and and uh, you know all this stuff, but I do think that I do think that you know it's there's too much recency bias with Mac Jones. Like he is very effective as a distributor. His mind, which was taken away from him, you know, sort of pre pre snap stuff and checks and and audibles and stuff like that. All that stuff was taken away. He he didn't get to use his best weapon. So did he look more limited last year than he really is? Yeah, I think there's way too much recency bias with Mac Jones. I think he's a good solid. I would say after his rookie year he was top 15, top 16, about middle of the road, which which was good. You know, I expect him to threaten the top 10. I don't think he's, he'll quite get there this year. But I do think that he's going to get to the 10 to 12 range. And I just think his ability to be back in his type of offense, um, get the Patriots in and out of good plays, I think is really going to be an effective tool for this offense and, and gives me uh, you know some hope that the offense is going to make a lot of improvement this year. I'm a Mac Jones guy. I've been a Mac Jones guy since his time at Alabama. I think he is more than good enough to be at least in the middle of the pack of quarterbacks in the NFL, as you mentioned, Greg. And and when I look at the first season, you know, it's funny. People will remember things that they want to remember. 
and they can shape narratives in any way that they want. And we're all guilty of it at times for sure, especially in the talk show business. But, you know, when you look at that first year, the narrative was, oh, man, the Patriots surrounded Mac with all of these new weapons. They spent a bunch of money, blah, 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 blah. Well, really, when you look at it, Nelson Aguilar was a minus. Kendrick Bourne had a good first year, but we thought he would take that next step. And I'll talk about him in a little bit. But Kendrick Bourne wasn't the ultimate game changer. Uh, John o. Smith never worked out for this team, never was a fit for whatever reason. Some of that on Janu, I'm sure, most of it maybe, some of it on the team. But when you look at what he had, what Mac Jones had in year one, I think, has been overstated. His help has been overstated. He he actually helped those guys play a little bit better. And I think last year, I, I know it might, for some people, be ridiculous to say this, but I couldn't care less. I'm, I'm throwing out last year. I, I don't think last year should be any kind of indication as to how any player can play within this offense and what this offense is going to look like. It was a disaster from day one, and it had to do with the decision to have Patricia and Judge running this offense, as we've talked about. So, you know, I, I think Mac. It's a it's a restart for him. It's a reset for him. I expect him to be good. What's your uh, number one overrated part of this team? Christian underrated, Barmore. Sorry, underrated. underrated. Yeah, uh, Christian Barmore. I think that again. I think this is recency bias, and you know, it's going to be on Christian to be more consistent and ready from the get go. His two seasons in the league, he hasn't been firing on all cylinders. Now his rookie year, you can um, chalk that up to you know being a rookie. Um, but you know, he, he closed, uh, his rookie year very impressively last season, um, slow start injury issues really limited, but he also, he closed very strong again. I don't think people realize on a per play basis, how effective Christian Barmore was as an interior pass rusher. And, you know, to me, when, you know, I'm trying to, you know, be optimistic about this team and, you know, Christian Barmore, his ability, his, you know, at least he has the ability to dominate the game from the inside, to uh, make defense, offensive coordinators stay awake and figure out how are we going to block this guy? How are we going to count for him? You know, if he can get off to a fast start this year and cause offensive coordinators to change things, how they approach the Patriots defense, I think Barmore dominating inside gives the Patriots a lot more ability to do different things. We we always talk about their different versatility at all three levels and stuff like that. But, you know, you really need it, – it's all well and good, and we'll talk about more about that when we get to some of the overrated things about this team. But I think that, you know, you still need an ass kicker. You need guys yeah. who can just whip the guy in front of them at the point of attack. The Patriots yeah. don't have many of those guys. Judon – you know, you can argue – you can use different stats to look at Judon different ways, but you, you can make the argument that a lot of his pressure comes from what they do up front, the little schemes and things like that, whereas I think if you're looking objectively, you would say Christian Barmore has the most potential to be an ass-kicker one-on-one on this defense and, and the guy who is going to be a problem that other teams might say, we have to double-team this guy, which frees up guys like Judon and Uche to do things up front. So when I look at the, he's just 
Last year was tough for him. It was. It was a disappointment for me. I know it was a disappointment for him. But when I look at you know starting fresh and tossing away last season and not having recency bias, I think Christian Barmore dominating on the inside is one of the things I'm, I'm most optimistic about going into this year. Here's my quick list of three things. Uh, this might be a callback to my time with Adam Jones years ago, but special teams is number three on my list. And specifically the punting game and field position. I think people, you know, they underrate because it's special teams. They underrate how much of an impact the sucky punt game of the Patriots played last year and, and how good the defense was in so many situations when they didn't have the greatest field position to deal with. And, and I think if you straighten that part of the game out, Joe Judge is leading the special teams group now. Uh, they should almost by default have a better punting situation this year. With this defense, I think that's going to pay some dividends. Number two on my list is Kendrick Bourne. Uh, look, I, I just think his potential with this offense, going back to year one, he's talked about it, how it just kind of got off the rails last year. He didn't feel as strong as he should have. Mentally, he wasn't all in on that. The Patricia stuff, it just it was a bad start when he had chances to play. He was committing penalties, doing some dumb things from time to time. I think we're going to see more of the Kendrick Bourne of his first year with the Patriots than last year with the Patriots. And that's going to make a difference. And another kind of sneaky thing here, and it shouldn't be number one on my list is Michael Wenu's health. You know, this offensive line, we've got questions at right tackle. We've got questions at left tackle. David Andrews has a history of injury concussion at center. The solid rock of this foundation in front of Mac Jones is a winner right now. And he obviously wasn't out there because of the offseason surgery. He's trying to get back and all of that stuff, but he needs to be healthy. I mean, if if he's even 75% to start this season, then the concern about the offensive line is, is even larger than it is right now. And it's pretty considerable for you and I, especially at the tackle position. So I, I think his health is crucial and we can't overlook that part. Um, all right, before we get to our overrated parts here of, of this football team, uh, here's a quick reminder from our friends at FanDuel. Greg will tell you all about them. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. By the way, I love those bonus bets. They throw you, the FanDuel throws them at you all the time to try to get back. It's like a it's like a free roll. And now you get, you get a chance to get 200 bonus bets just for betting one bet on MLB. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. Before we get to overrated, we just talked about FanDuel.com. 
and all the bonuses that they can give you, especially uh, new customers. Uh, Greg, you have one underrated bonus uh, about this team, and I, I just ended my thoughts with the offensive line, and I think your bonus underrated part of this team is uh, also having to do with the offensive line. Yeah, but uh, I did want to mention, Nick, uh, to piggyback on what you said. I So I had Christian Barmore as my number one um, underrated thing. I did have – originally I had an interior offensive line on there, but I decided to go with something a little bit different. So I think we're we're seeing things sort of the same way. I think, you know, Cole Strange is going to be better in year two. Um, he's going to be more filled out. He's hopefully going to learn some things, and plus he has a real offensive line coach. I think David Andrews is a – freaking rock in the middle and now he gets back to helping mac jones with the line calls which was taken away last year and like you said michael Wenu, i think is you know a really good player and i know there's some discussion about moving him to right tackle which i think it seems like we talk about every other week with this team yet the patriots never do it uh, but i think you know those three inside you know give me a lot of confidence about this team and i think i think they're all going to be better and i think that's going to be um you know, a good place for them as opposed to, you know, I think it's underrated. Like, and we talked about it last week is so I don't want to belabor the point, but it's underrated. Like how bad the offensive tackles are. If Trent Brown is not ready to go and ready to go all season. I watched, I did a film study on Calvin Anderson, um, who right now is your LT one on this team. And look, he's not horrible. He's not, but you know, and he has started some games there, but man, he is, he is really limited. He is your typical, like, you know, if the Patriots just added him to be the third tackle, which I think was the idea. All right. He's an upgrade over, you know, what they had before, like Yadi Kajust and guys like that. And, you know, he's, he's a very smart guy, tough guy. Um, you know, he's, he, he's not horrible, but he doesn't do anything really well he doesn't run block really well he has issues with speed so you know if, if the Patriots have to start Calvin Anderson at left tackle and let alone what they have to do a right tackle man it's 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 going to be horrible so but let's get into overrated um and we've talked about this before my number three is you know Kyle Duggar you know again not that I think Kyle Duggar is a bad player I just think he's overrated by people and it's a little fresher in my mind because I wrote a I wrote a column about um, that the Patriots should, and we've talked about it before. You know, there are very limited options as far as offensive tackles in the league, and one of the options is the Bengals. The Bengals have three or four offensive tackles that could be that have the potential to be good starters. Um, they they signed Orlando Brown. They have uh, Jonah Williams, who's in a contract year. Um, you know, former 11th overall pick. They also have Leal Collins, and they have another kid named Carmen Jackson who was a second-round pick, I think, two years ago. Yeah. Um, so they have options. Um, not many teams have options at offensive tackle. And, and when you look at the Bengals' roster, they, they are starting fresh at safety. They lost Von Bell. They lost Jesse Bates, both in free agency, both their starters from last year, and they have guys I've never heard of at safety. And so when you look at the Patriots, where they have a surplus, where it's safety, you know, and, uh, you know, could, could they be interested in Adrian Phillips, who, who looks like you, you sort of question what kind of role he's going to have on this team, especially after they drafted Marte Mapu, and it looks like he's, he's going to hit early for this team. 
you know, so Adrian Phillips would be number one on my list, but you also have to look at Kyle Duggar, who's going into a contract year. If he doesn't sign um, a contract extension, you have to look at maybe swapping like, you know, Jonah Williams for Kyle Duggar, two guys in contract years, similar type money probably. And so you have to look at that. And some guy came at me on Twitter saying like, they're not getting rid of one of their young, young studs. So that's overrated. Kyle Duggar is not young. He's 27. Like he came in the league yeah. o- older, like at 24. And so yeah. like, as opposed to, you know, a guy who would be 23 or 24 where you're like, all right, well, you know, he, he could go to another level at 27, you know, it, it, the odds are he is who he is at this point. And Kyle Duggar makes uh, big plays at times. He has issues. So, you know, with the options that they have at safety, if the Broncos want more of a uh, a bigger name, hell, maybe trade both Phillips and Duggar over there. But, uh, you know, you have to look at trading Kyle Duggar. I'm just I, – I, I don't hate Kyle Duggar. I know people think I hate Kyle Duggar. I don't. I think I'm a realist. I think I'm accurate on Kyle Duggar. Good player overrated by the fan base and the team. I wouldn't trade Duggar. I'd keep him. But uh, when, when you look at when you look at the Bengals, one thing to be reminded of, Lael Collins, according to The Athletic, might start on the PUP. So you want to keep mm-hmm. a close eye on that. If Collins isn't fully healthy, then that might make it a lot less likely that Jonah Williams is even available at this point, depending on their health at tackle. So keep an eye on that. All right, your second overrated part of this team. Their situation at receiver and third down back, at least the the way the team views it. Like, I think the team, and this could just be posturing for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm hoping that's what it is, or Dalvin Cook or whatever. They don't want to give off that they're that desperate. But if the Patriots think, like, they're good enough at receiver and third down back, you know, you're hoping for Ty Montgomery, who has a history of being hurt, and he's I think he's 31 um, you know, yeah, he has he has potential, and we've seen it, and I was excited for him last year. But, you know, if you're banking on him, you're banking on Pierre Strong, uh, you know, a younger guy, maybe he can do it. Uh, but you, you, you look at what they have at receiver right now. Like we said, I'm fine with tight end. Um, you know, I, I, just think, I just think what they have, and you see some of the rankings that are coming out, Bill Barnwell and PFF and ESPN and all this stuff about – you know, the the talent at those positions compared to the rest of the league. I think Barnwell had the Patriots like 26th or 27th. Um, they're, they're not good enough if they, if they want to be a real team this year. If they really want to factor into the AFC, you know, we've talked about it before somewhat, you know, go get DeAndre Hopkins, you know, upgrade at receiver and get a real tackle. Then you have a chance with this team and to to sit there and think that the Patriots are just fine where they are and banking on Billy O'Brien to raise everybody's level uh, I think it's just fool fool's gold for this team so you know number two for me is the way the team it views their situation at receiver and, and third down back all right you want to wrap this thing up and by the way receiver I'll, I'll get into that in, in a second as well but let's not forget you know some of the injury situations they're dealing with now We've talked about it. Don't want to beat the dead horse, but yeah, D hop is out there. He's available. It's a money thing. Make the money work, bring them in, get your team to be better. Last uh, overrated part of this team. 
Just, I think the defensive potential for the season, I think it's just, I think it's slightly overrated by people, you know, and, and a lot of it comes from the analytics set who, you know, I, I love Mina Kimes, but, and, and people like her, but I think they fall in love too much with the stats, like expected points over whatever. Like, and <laughs> I think, we, I think we've, we've accurately depicted this where, the you know people look at it and I saw somebody on Twitter saying the Patriots easily could have been eleven and six last year. Yeah, but people people forget seven of their eight wins came against backup quarterbacks. Like they better put up good they they better put up good stats defensively against those type of quarterbacks. You know I think that people overrate the second half against the Bengals. I mean they couldn't get off the field in the first half. I think it was like twenty two points and like three hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, people wanna you know, grasp onto the second half in Cincinnati where it looked like the Bengals were just like, well, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't keep the the gas down and that's fine. A lot of people do that. Um, doesn't mean that the Patriots were playing good defense and they, they didn't really have any other choice. They got embarrassed in the first half. They did better in the second half. That's great, but I'm not going to grasp at that. I'm not going to grasp at their stats when, you know, come talk to me about this defense when they actually win a game for this team against a good quarterback. They, you know, and people are like, oh, well, Steve Belichick is inventing this and doing this. People have been doing this forever. Rex Ryan used to show something pre-snap and post-snap. That's what the Patriots do. Steve Spagnolo, that's all he does is pre-snap, post-snap. And yes, the Patriots are going to do that, and they have that ability. But it doesn't make them unique. That's what you have to do in today's offense. So I just think a lot of this stuff where people are grasping and holding on to the defense, being dominating and doing this, they haven't done jack crap you know, since Brady left. Even 2019, they couldn't stop Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm sorry. You cannot, t- I don't want to hear about the Patriots being a dominating defense if you get waxed off the field by Justin Fields on your own home field. You couldn't even stop Justin Fields in the Bears last year. Like, that's embarrassing. So I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to hear anything about the Patriots defense until they actually go out there and do it. I'll push back on the Bears a little bit. That was really the beginning of Justin Fields becoming a legitimate NFL quarterback. And I think people they didn't win another judging- game. But but his play, I mean, we can't fault the Bears' crappy team all on Justin Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields' play improved significantly, and people were wrapped up in a how to Justin Fields and Chicago's offense played before that Patriots game. If you look at the string of games after that Patriots game, Justin Fields, they started to figure out, hey, we have a mobile quarterback. Let's actually let the guy run with the football every once in a while. A uh, quick, quick list for me because I got a few minutes here. Defensive line ceiling, uh, similar to what you're saying about this defense overall. I-, I think some are slightly overrating this defensive line. Lawrence guys on a contract holdout, what's going to happen there? I love Christian Barmore theoretically as a football player. Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be engaged 17 weeks? And, you know, can Josh Uche do it again? I think he can, but, you know, it, it was one year. Let's see if he can follow that puppy up. Running back. I want to focus on Ramondre Stevenson. You talked about the third down back. I think some are overrating Stevenson's, you know, gas tank, so to speak. His availability as, a, yep. as an RB1 all year this season. Last year, he ran out of gas. I think they're going to have to rely on somebody. We know Robinson wasn't that guy. They let him go. They need to find somebody. Dalvin Cook, I, I don't know if that's too much. But I, I think everybody just looks at Stevenson and says, oh, number one back. He's the guy all year long. Let's not forget that the gas tank went empty last year with about a couple weeks to go. And finally, another younger guy is Tyquan Thornton and his impact on this offense. 
until he can prove that he can stay on the football field, I'm not going to overrate his ability to impact this, this team. And I, I hope that he is able to stay healthy and I hope he does impact it. And all the things we talked about stretching the field, his ability to run. I hope that all comes to fruition, but until he's able to consistently stay on the field from a health standpoint, I think we overrate what he might be in year two. All right. Uh, we got about a minute or so here. Do you have uh do you have any final thoughts, Greg, before we bid people to do for the weekend in the holiday? Uh no, I thought I thought you had a really you had a couple of really good lists, Nick, and uh I think it gives people <laughs> food for thought and uh yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting summer, that's for sure. Hopefully, uh I just want the Patriots it'd be nice if they stayed healthy and and gave a, a competitive product. I was going to rant about the Red Sox and the state of MLB um, scoring, but uh, uh, we'll save that for another time because I'm sure this team is going to stay um, absolutely infuriating for a while. Yeah, just continue to tread water and suck on defense. Uh, this <laughs> podcast, as always, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, Nick Cattles brought to you by FanDuel, uh, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at fanduel.com slash Boston and new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. More Patriot stuff. I'm sure right around the corner.